Hi there, this is Jeff Otis, Senior Wealth Consultant and Partner at Evergreen GovCal, and you're listening to Coffee with Evergreen on the Evergreen Exchange. I hope you enjoyed this 15-minute conversation between myself and Investment Committee member and Family Office Partner, Jeff Yulberg. And as always, thanks for listening. Hey listener, this episode requires an extra disclosure. Jeff Otis is an employee and partner of Evergreen GovCal. All views and opinions expressed by Jeff and any guest of the podcast are solely the individual's views and do not necessarily reflect the views of Evergreen GovCal. Evergreen GovCal's clients may hold securities mentioned in this podcast at any given time. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions or be considered investment advice. Enjoy the episode. All right, Jeff Yulberg, welcome back. I think this is round two for you with Coffee uh, Coffee with Evergreen, and we love having you on, so thanks for being here. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me, Jeff. I'm going to chat uh, real quick. I mean, I, I was talking to Dave last week that we go back 14 years or so. I mean, for you and I, we go back almost, what, 30 years, I guess? I mean, uh, I don't know if many readers, followers uh, know this, but my family moved up uh, from F- F- Federal Way to Redmond in uh, fourth grade. And Jeff, you're my very first friend that I met in fourth grade at Sunrise Elementary. So we go back a long time. Absolutely. We've been having these chats for a long time. They've just kind of evolved from sport conversations to market-related conversations and client-related conversations. So I'll get you started with this one, and I mean we'll, we we could we could uh, we can chat more uh, about you know history together later. So you primarily work with family office clients at Evergreen. I mean family office, uh, you know kind of clients that have investable assets over thirty million dollars. But although you know not every reader, not every follower of ours, uh, you know can afford their own private jet, right? Um, but what are the things that you're that you're saying and and working with family office clients on that you think is you know applicable to anyone? Wow, that's a good question. Uh, over the last six months or so, I would say a few things that we've been focused on uh, really at the end of the year were tax related issues to see if we thought there was going to be any estate planning changes uh, coming with the new administration um, and and trying to look out and see if there were ch- adjustments that we needed to make to their current estate plan, whether that was bringing income forward, making a sale or creating new trust to kind of solidify the, the current tax environment. Uh, one thing that I think that would be helpful for private wealth management clients or clients that that may not have the the net worth of some of the clients that I work with on a regular basis is we've been going through a lot of our clients' balance sheets and looking to see where we can add debt. And the thought has been, obviously, interest rates have been incredibly low uh, at all-time lows. They've, they've moved up recently quite a bit, uh, but they're still really low compared to historical rates. Um, and the thought has been to borrow at low rates and to invest in assets that may do better in inflationary times. And I've used the the line kind of not fighting the Fed in, with this thought is that if they're going to inflate away their debt, well, then let's add some debt to our balance sheets. And primarily, I'm talking about clients that either have income streams that can handle the debt. Obviously, we're not talking about clients that uh, can't take the leverage on their balance sheets, but it's a really good opportunity to add some some debt on the balance sheet with really, really low interest rates and capitalize uh, by investing in, in assets that will do really well if we do get an inflationary environment. Love it. So I'm going to rapid fire a few more questions here. Uh, let's go first. What are the first three tickers that you looked at this morning in terms of uh, ticker symbols? Interesting. Um, the first three tickers that I looked at this morning, honestly, the first thing I've been looking at for the last two weeks has been uh, the 10 year and seeing where the treasury has moved overnight. Uh, that's been driving the market for the last few weeks. And as the mark, as the rates have moved up, 
the Nasdaq and and more speculative stocks have sold off. Uh, and and as it's stabilized here over the last couple of days, uh, it's been interesting to see what equities have moved uh, without the interest rates moving dramatically one way or the other. The next ticker that I look at, quite honestly, is the Nasdaq to see how it's reacting to the the ten year moves. And and the Nasdaq has been incredibly volatile over the last uh, few weeks. And and some are speculating that it's a turning point. And that we may see this rotation into value from the high flying growth that that really did well last year, but we'll see how that plays out. The third ticker, quite honestly, that I look at has been the cannabis space. To be honest with you, uh, I find it to be a fascinating space right now. Uh, I think there's going to be some legislative changes here in the near future that could really make that space rally. You've seen a, a disconnect uh, recently. And they've been selling off. Some of them are down 30%. And I feel like that is kind of a good opportunity to be getting into. So not advice, not giving a, a single recommendation on that space. But I just find it fascinating because what can happen as more states legalize and as federal uh, legalization changes, uh, it's really there could be a great growth opportunity there. So that volatile space I've been looking at first thing in the morning as well. It's so funny. I also looked at the tenure. Uh, that was the first thing I looked at this morning. Uh, but the other two I looked at, or at least today, was the uh, price of Bitcoin and then the price of, of gold. I mean, we get a lot of questions now, more questions than ever sure. on both gold and Bitcoin and, um, you know, potential for the value of the dollar ahead and inflation and all that. So that, those are the, the two that I looked at. In, yeah. yeah, interesting. So. What I would say is the, the things that always grab my attention early on are the things that are most volatile from the days before. And so I'm trying to see if that volatility is going to continue and how it's going to play out throughout the day. So those have been very volatile spaces, and it's just interesting to see what happens overnight on those. Okay, next question. Um, this is I'm trying to feel you out on a contrarian plague. I, what, so what what's kind of like consensus thought right now that you, at least in the markets, that, that you think you're going the other direction on? Oh, well, as, as you can tell from – the last two coffees with Evergreens, we, we tend to have some contrarian thoughts quite regularly. One that I, I think I believe could be a good contrarian play this year, actually really right now in the market, is I do think there will be a rotation from growth to value. And I think that'll be sustained. I think you're going to see some sell-offs in areas that did really well last year and uh, may struggle this year. Really, the, the narrative that tech is going to massively underperform is the area that I think I'm most contrarian with a slight caveat. I do think the NASDAQ could underperform. I think there are certainly uh, crazy overpriced stocks, as Dave likes to say, uh, in that area like Tesla and Netflix and some others that I would not be comfortable buying. But I do think after the recent sell-off in comp companies like Amazon and Apple and, and Microsoft and, and some of those types of companies, again, not giving advice on going out and buying them. But I think that recent sell-off creates opportunity with the narrative out there that tech is going to underperform because it's done so great. Uh, I think that those could present good long-term opportunities uh, with the recent sell-off. So I guess that would be my most contrarian play is that I'm not so sure high-quality tech, if I'm allowed to strip that out, high-quality, somewhat reasonable valuation tech will actually do better than, than what the market currently believes. Okay. Next question. If you had to put all of your family's money into just one investment, and let's say you had to hold it for the next decade and you can't pick an index, what are you going with? Wow. That is interesting. I guess my gut would tell me initially, you know, people ask this question all the time or a similar, uh, similar question. And I usually say I would buy local real estate here in the state of Washington. I think that there's going to be a lot of growth with the amount of inflow that we've seen from tech 
coming from California up here. I think that is still an incredible tailwind that that real estate prices here are going to see. And I think it could even get to the, like San Francisco level. So there's quite a bit of room to grow, uh, which is shocking for people that live in this area and, and know how frustrating it can be to, to find reasonably priced real estate. But due to the, the change from the pandemic uh, and kind of seeing how we shift from the core urban environment to more sub suburban environments and working from home, I guess I would pause on that and maybe I would pick an individual name, again, not making a recommendation, um, but my individual stock that I always bring up is Disney. I think they have so many uh, levers that they can pull in different market environments. Uh, I think the content that they have is top class. The streaming service is incredible. The parks are great. And I just think, like Warren Buffett used to say with Coke, that as people get wealthier, as the middle class, so the emerging markets become wealthier, they'll buy more Coke. I think they'll buy and participate in more Disney products as well. So I guess if I had to pick one asset today or one individual position, it would be Disney. Well, you would love us then because my wife's taking the girls to Disney World next month and we are yeah. Disney Plus subscribers, right? So, yeah, we and I, I agree with you. Anyway, so, um, okay, let's flip that. What same question, but what's one investment that you would that you would avoid? Like what, what's a what's a position you're like, I will not touch that. Sure. You know, and then Ty kind of mentioned this. He probably would say high quality U.S. debt at this point or anything yielding under two percent. I guess I would say. And this is maybe controversial. And if I, I would say maybe the Tesla or the GameStops at this point in time, uh, I think the valuation on Tesla is really tough to justify. Uh, the new competition that's coming in in their space is, is incredible. The the people that own Tesla essentially believe that Elon Musk is going to be able to find his Amazon Web Services essentially. So, but back in 20 years ago, everyone used to say the same thing about Amazon that it made no money and it wasn't profitable and the valuation was insane. But they had this core believer investing base that wasn't going to sell Amazon for any price. And Bezos was able to build a business to justify the valuation of Amazon in the past. And that was Amazon Web Services. I don't think if we look back or look forward 10 years from now, if Tesla is still just the car business it's worth anywhere near what it is priced at right now. So he has to use that equity valuation and, and build a new business to justify it or else it's going to sell off. So I guess I would say Tesla, I would avoid. I wouldn't short it. I don't have the courage to short it because I think it can still go crazy, <laughs> but I would avoid. I would not put all of my money in Tesla. And same thing with these these Wall Street bet stocks like GameStop. I mean, it's just it's market trading. And I don't think in 10 years we're going to look back and GameStop's going to be you know, all over the place, like Best Buy or anything like that. So next question. Um, okay, what market-related uh, keeps you up at night? Well, right now, I would say in the short run, I don't think with the amount of money that is currently in the system and being, being prepared to be spent hopefully this summer, I, I think that there is a massive tailwind for equities in the economy to do really well this summer and, and into the fall. And then I think, as Dave brought up last week, inflation could be a real concern at the end point of the end of this year that could kind of end the party, if you will. But I think in the near future, the near term, you know, you have to go with, with the pandemic not fully being done, maybe a variant issue, which which doesn't seem like a high probability. But I think that's kind of the that would be the scariest thing if I woke up in the morning on the front page of The Wall Street Journal was we found out, you know, there was a variant that was resistant to the vaccine and it was spreading wildly. I mean, that would obviously be the biggest negative. Outside of that, I think I've said this to clients. I know we've talked about it, that I think you could have just like after the Spanish flu and the 
1919 period, we could have the roaring 20s here in the 2020s and have a, a real uh, spending spree, if you will, this summer. And we'll see how that plays out end of this year and next year with inflation. All right. Well, I'll wrap you up uh, with the bonus question here. I appreciate your time again for jumping on with us real quick here. Um, and of course, you know, with our background, I'm, you know, pl playing little league together, right? I'm going sports nope. theme with this again. Uh, NCAA tournaments coming up. If you had to go with the team, who, who's your pick? I think it's, it's tough to bet against Gonzaga. As you know, I spent my first year of law school at Gonzaga and really enjoyed my time there. So I'm somewhat biased, but they've just been so dominant really up until last night when they struggled with BYU. But I think it's hard to bet against Gonzaga. But, you know, every uh, there's been other teams that have looked good, like Baylor and Michigan. Uh, but I think you got to go with the hometown, Gonzaga. And this could be their year. Homer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there you Money. go. All right. Well, we'll see what happens. Thanks again. We'll do this, we'll do this yeah. again. Yep, talk soon. All right, thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Jeff.